You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. This is episode 105, and we're very glad that you could join us for these 30 minutes of discussing the biblical narrative. And before we get started, um, as we talked about last week, when it was just me and Nathan, we have discovered through our Spotify metrics that uh, almost half of you, 47% of you who listen every week, I'm not talking about people who listen like once, I'm talking about you guys who are faithful listeners every single week, 47% of you guys are not subscribed, which is something I did not think was possible because we say it every single episode, but please bless us and yourself by taking a few seconds to like and subscribe to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Not only are you going to receive a notification every Tuesday morning when we release a new episode, but you're also going to tell the algorithm that this is content that needs to be spread. So that way, somebody who's listening to a different podcast or searching around for podcasts about the Bible, uh, they're going to see us a little farther up the list. So do y'all ever, if you think that's a good thing, then go ahead and do that. Do y'all ever read the Bible and it, you know the first time you read something, it doesn't make great sense to you? And then you have, it's not that you read a commentary or something, it's you live a little bit of life and you come back to it and you're like, oh, I get why that's there now. Mm-hmm. So I remember, so as a chi- I remember as a child sometimes reading the Psalms or the Proverbs or even in the law, you'd like stuff would be like repetitive or restated. And you're like, why does they've already got the Ten Commandments? They've already got the law. Why is God stating this all over again? Or, hey, I've already read a psalm with similar language. Why do we why do we have it like that? And then I grew up and 47% of our regular listeners are not liked or subscribed to the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast. Um so I'm I'm just saying, I'm just saying. It's it's the hundred and fifth time we've said it, and yet 47 percent. My but that's okay. We love you all. We love you. My all. English professor from college who uh, listens to this podcast, um, Mark Allen Benson, he said about poetry that poetry anticipates life. So one of the things that we talked about, he said in college, we were going over these poems and stuff like that. He said it's not meaningful to you now. It's not because the poem lacks meaning. It's because your life lacks experience. He said, what will happen is that'll preach. Oh, man. Yeah. He said, what will happen is you're going to be living through life. And he said, all of a sudden, this what you read or reading here in college is going to come back on you. And when when it happens, he said, uh, like Emily Dickinson, it will make you want to scream or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's the realization of the, the literature comes to life. And it's just scripture like poetry anticipates life. And I just it, I, I, Gandalf is thinking of, of of a line someone said right now, and I want him to say it. Read my mind, Gandalf. It's like poetry; it rhymes. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that was uncoordinated. Right. He completely read my mind organically there. Mm. What I'm getting out of this is, listener, don't make Matt scream. Like and subscribe <laughs> to the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast. Uh, no, it was Emily Dickinson said that when like a poetry would come on her, and uh, it would make her want to scream. That it was just like this overwhelming, like, uh, 
you know, intersection between language and life experience. I like that. Mm. I love that imagery. Yeah. But and welcome back, by the way, Matt. Hey, yeah, it's I'm glad to be back in the land of living. Praise the Lord. So uh, it's it's good to be back. It's always good to be talking about the Bible. And just uh, in talking about the Bible, I think there's another reason that we read the Bible as a story because it anticipates life. Yeah. And much like, and, and much like the Emily Dickens, sometimes much like the poetry thing, sometimes you come back to something you've seen before, but the experience has changed so it can hit you differently. A few years ago, I did a sermon series on uh, Jacob, on his life, big series. And we'll get to this actually here in probably the next two years. We hope. But <laughs> that's right. But <laughs> um, uh, a big theme in there is Jacob and his brother Esau and being reconciled oh, that's with huge. his brother ultimately. But but anyway, uh, there was a there was a guy that uh, came up to me afterwards who had been ostracized from his brother years ago, and we were slowly getting to the story between Jacob and Esau, and he was just unfamiliar with the text. And he asked me after church, he just said, hey, he said, Matt, did Jacob ever make things right with his brother? Like, And I was sitting there thinking, man, you would only ask that question if the answer was very important to you. Mm. And uh, it turned out it was important to him because uh, that was his life. Uh, he he wanted to be reconciled to his brother. And it's just the, the Bible anticipates life, man. That's why it's written as a story. That's why it is good for your soul to read the Bible. Mm. He, he breathed life into it and he breathed life into you. Made intended yeah. you for relationship with one another. Amen. Um, so. Uh, so but, where are we going today? Uh, we're going where we have been in Genesis chapter 21. You all took us to the New Testament last week, and it was a great episode. Uh, but we're going back to where uh, we have been, and we're going to look at Genesis 21, verses 8 and 9 specifically. We'll look at a few more verses after that. And then next time, next week, we're going to look at 10 through most likely verse number 21. And uh, then we will be taking a, a, a little, did I say that right? There's a break. There's one more episode, then a break. Or That's right. Okay. That's so right. on uh, on uh, Tuesday, the 27th, there will not be an episode. Gotcha. Christmas. Gotcha. Something. So. Oh, yeah. So this is kind of our... This episode's for the 20th, so this is Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah, that's right. And this is for the 20th, and then there will be a break on the 27th, uh, and then that next episode will deal with the rest of the story. But today, we want to talk about uh, persecution, which <laughs> may be a little shocking. Um, Man, it, got, it got heavy really Yeah, <laughs> persecution. That's right. So, you know. Yeah, persecution and its definition can, you know, vary wildly. Uh, I always remember growing up in church, there was this ongoing debate about what persecution really was. It was like, hey, you know what? I'm being persecuted. It's like, no, what? You're not being persecuted. You're just being made fun of because you, you know, don't know how to dress or something like that. Or, or it seems like we always what, want to... What? One time, and I'm not proud of this, but, it, you know, there's a lot of stories in my life that make much of God and very little of me. So there's, that's consistent. 
Um, but one time I was a youth minister and you like youth ministers always or student ministers, whatever we're calling them now in the church vernacular. Um, but I was, I was the minister to the people sixth through 12th grade. Um, and, uh, one time, you know, cause like when you're a, a student minister, you, they have the stereotype that you're like a nonconformist dresser. You dress like a hobo. You don't, you know. <laughs> I'm not saying that's everybody, but I but there's a stereotype for a reason, and I was part of that reason. So anyway, one time I wore flip flops to church on a, um, I think it was a Wednesday night, and and we had an older deacon, and he was not a fan of that, and he just really laid into me, um, and I mean, ga- really gave it to me, and I I was I came home that night, I was kind of mad about it, I felt persecuted, and I was talking to my mom. I was I had moved back at home because we, we're Haley and I were recently engaged. I was trying to save some money, and I was like, "That Pharisee doesn't he know that Jesus wore sandals to the temple?" And my mom, who's not usually one for like quippy responses, said, "Yes, yeah, son, but they they crucified him." So you think? <laughs> oh you, man, you, th- you think you were persecuted? But that's you what we do. You like per- you think you were persecuted? That's right. Um, so, like like it's like unless you're praying for. God to open the eyes of the King of England while being burned at the stake. It's not really. It's not real persecution. They made fun of me, so I'm being persecuted. That's not persecution. Well, it is interesting though. I didn't wear. I didn't wear flip flops anymore after that. That's right. Some of the oldest persecution in the Bible is not exactly what we would think about on being level of crucifixion or burned at the stake, and it's found here in verses number eight and nine. So we've got two verses. Gandalf, why don't you read those two verses? From the I, I will. I, ne- I never get to read on the two verse weeks. I'm just. I'm not trying to say I'm persecuted, but <laughs> that's that's good. <laughs> All right. This this is Genesis 21, um, verses eight and nine. As always, from the ESV. And the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw Hagar the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, laughing. Mm. Yeah. It's nothing more laughing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. So why why does laughing stand out to yeah, you? Did you say saw about this? the son of Hagar? Not Hagar. Yes. But yeah. The son of Hagar. So yeah. this yes. no, Hagar Hagar wasn't laughing. Her yeah. son was laughing. So it's the son of Hagar the Egyptian. Well, like let's let's, <laughs> let's lean all the on. way into it. Yeah. <laughs> let's lean all the way to because again, again, and we'll say this again and again and again because it's important again and again and again. You're reading Genesis while you're living the Exodus. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it reminds it reminds me of the episode of The Office, uh, Beach Games. I think it's season three, episode twenty one. It's the penultimate episode of season three. Uh, they they go to the beach, and Michael Scott thinks he's leaving for a corporate job, and so he de- he's trying to find who his replacement will be, or who he thinks he'll suggest as his replacement, um, and he divides them into teams, and. Um, uh, Dwight names his team Gryffindor, like from, from Harry Potter, and to, yeah. and to get under Dwight's skin, Jim Halpert names his team Slytherin, and and Dwight goes Slytherin are the bad guys, Jim, and just any any Jewish person living the Exodus, you hear the Egyptian, and you it's think a, those are the, those bad, are the guys. bad guys, those that, are the, the bad guys. <laughs> so that's right. I can, I can hear Moses like or somebody like tell, telling this story around the campfire as they're like fleeing fleeing Egypt and they say, Hagar the Egyptian, everyone goes, boo. (laughs) That's right. Um, But but anyway, here's what's interesting is here is Ishmael laughing at the baby 
at his birthday party, essentially. Right after, his, right after yeah, he was weaned, yeah. His circumcision party. I mean, this is this is a big deal, and this word, there's, you know, he should have been race. singing like Hava Nagila. No, okay. <laughs> so the range of meaning. I think this, that's the first this Jewish word, singing I've done. Yeah, here's here's the word laughing, and we've seen the word laughing before, but it doesn't always. I mean, Sarah has just said, hey, everyone who hears this is going to laugh with me. But this is not considered a pleasant laughing. This is like scornful, like laughing at. Um, mm. This is laughing with a, a mockery or a scoffing or something like that. So it's interesting how other parts of the Bible interpret this. Yeah, um, but and, and again, just because it's been a few weeks, we've seen laughter a lot in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Abraham's response to God saying you're going to have a baby was laughter, laughter right? Sarah's mm-hmm. Sarah's response was laughter. laughter, and and initially, you know, the context for Abraham's laughter was, I mean, he had fallen face down. It was very worshipful. Like there was a lot of contextual clues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah's was a little less clear, though. We have some leanings to interpret it positively rather than as a laughter of incredulity. Um, but we also saw laughter when we looked at Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Right. When, that's right. when, when Lot is pleading with the people to get out of town, the it says, at it says that they thought he was trying to cause them to laugh. They thought he was joking. And that certainly that laughter, even though it looks the same in Hebrew is not the same as Abraham or Sarah's laughter. And it's, you know, that it's the same word here in Hebrew about laughing but it's not being used in a positive way, to your point, Matt. Yeah, and it's just as a reminder is that we use language a lot on this podcast of saying, hey, look, this word was first used here, is first used here. But there, there, is, there is such a thing as range of meaning. Just because the word is found somewhere doesn't mean it's always used in the same way. Um, so when you look in the New Testament in Galatians chapter 4, Paul takes a real interpretation of this laughter. Verse number 28, it says, Now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, so also it is now. Uh, and and the, only uh, thing Ish, the only thing Ishmael did to Isaac that could possibly be interpreted as persecution. As persecution is laugh. Mm. So this is this is not the laughing that we've seen from Sarah or Abraham. This is a this is a scornful mocking. Yeah, der- yeah. derisive mm. laughter. Yeah. Right. Which by the way, that's some that's some heavy accusation, Paul saying, Hey, listen, the ones who are, are persecuting us now are are the Jewish people. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, he's it's it's interesting that he's going with it. Slithering but, of the bad guys, Jim. that's 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 right i i'm gonna go home tonight when i finally have a christmas party after our church musical tonight the last thing i do before i go to bed tonight i've got to get up super early but i'm still going to stay up and and watch uh season three episode 21 beach games of the office before i go to bed yeah it's gonna be a good evening there you go (laughs) but going so so that's interesting to me okay so he he laughs at his brother Mm -hmm. 
and call and Paul calls that persecution. That's very interesting to me. Yeah, that doesn't seem like burning at the stake. No. Certainly doesn't seem like crucifixion. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, it is seen as something very serious. So much. Oh, so. It's, it's the twenty third episode of season three. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm stuck on it. But so Sarah sees this, and she is actually going to take this to Abraham, and actually says and cast out the slave woman. Uh, mm. If we were to read forward in the text just a little bit here, it says, so she said to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not be heir with my son Isaac. And the thing was very displeasing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, be not displeased because of the boy and because of your son. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you. For through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just uh, it's just interesting to me how all this stuff fits together, and I I don't want to bleed too much in the next episode. Um, well, it, it does. Uh, it is neat for me. You know, I've pointed out sixteen, and I won't camp here. Um, but in in the first part of this little tech uh, segment of text. Um, you know, Isaac grew and he's weaned and Abraham makes a great feast. We've talked about the importance of meals and mm-hmm. meal scenes are usually important scenes. Something is happening here. And right after the feast is mentioned, you have Sarah saw Ra'ah Ishmael laughing, Yitzkak, right? And so right. this sets in motion a chain of events that will culminate, I think, uh, on the human end in verse 16. Uh, only now the she is not uh, Sarah, it's Hagar. She went and sat down opposite uh, of him, a way off, out of mm-hmm. distance of a bow shot. For she said, let me not look on the death of the child. And look on is there Ra'ah. And as she sat opposite of him, she lifted up her voice and wept. So you have you have Sarah looking on and seeing laughter, and that results in, Hagar looking on and weeping, right? Yeah, you're talking about later in the story. We're going to get there next time. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, uh, but but that's that's one dimension because next time we're really going to talk about more the God dimension of this story, um, and and why this is a noteworthy episode. Mm. You know, because uh, because it's tempting again if you're reading this as the foundational story of the Jewish people, and this is where we'll go next time. It's tempting to say, who cares about Hagar and Ishmael? Why are we talking about them anyway? Like we have Isaac now. And yet, right after we talk about the Isaac story, we take time to talk about the Hagar and Ishmael story again. I think mm-hmm. that's significant, and we'll come back to that. Um, so, laughter. Right. And all of this, uh, just to keep in remembrance, is that this Egyptian servant or slave is living in the house of Abraham. and she has prospered in the house of Abraham and now is going to be sent out of the house of Abraham into the wilderness. Uh, like there's, there's some design pattern there. Yeah. That sounds familiar to me. That sounds very familiar when we think about uh, what is to come, uh, with, uh, the story of the Exodus. 
This is just very interesting to me because I never picked up on this before. Like this theme of laughing in this whole section of the Bible, like it, it like it, it's reoccurring too often for it to be a coincidence, right? Like we're seeing all these diff- these different like we're seeing all these different angles and reactions to laughing. I just I don't know. I've never I've never read that like read laughing as like a major theme. Well, you know, you know, as like as like response. Well, I, I think of uh, I used to read this, and I used to read this a little bit different than I do now. But I used to read this almost in the language of the Genesis twelve promise: "Whoever blesses you, I will bless, and whoever curses you, I will curse." Um, the the language there in Hebrew in Genesis twelve that says, "Whoever curses you, I will curse." It's literally, "I will call out whoever takes you lightly, I will curse." And so I would I would read this story about uh, Ishmael laughing at Isaac. And I almost picture that Adam Sandler movie, The Water Boy. This is not me endorsing the Adam Sandler movie, The Water Boy. <laughs> but but in, in this uh in this movie, you have this figure, the water boy, and everybody's always laughing at the dude. And one day he just snaps and just, you know, he becomes like the most violent, destructive, uh, effective tackler in college football. I mean, it's the the like if you look up the highlight reel of Bobby Boucher tackling people in the movie The Water Boy. And part of this is a shout out to my friend Bob, who listens to this podcast, who's never seen that movie, and I'm not endorsing it. Um, but you read this and you're like, "Man, be careful about laughing at God's elect." Yeah, <laughs> be be careful about laughing at Abraham's kids, man, uh, because it sets off some pretty big stuff. And again, again, to your point at the beginning of the episode, Matt, we are tempted to say, "Oh, you think you're persecuted." Well, such and such, you know, Paul calls this persecution. And honestly, what what stays with you more from your childhood? Something some uh, for most of us, it's not something someone did to us, like punching us on the playground or pushing us. For most of it, it's something someone said to us. Right. Or being being laughed at. It is interesting that you take this back to Genesis 12. Uh, I hadn't thought about it in that way. Well, we'll go there next week for sure. Just yeah. But the whole everyone who treats you lightly uh, i'm going to do the same like i i um yeah I have. well and i a part of the reason I, I i do that is the whole uh the concept of god's glory through his people god's kavod uh, glory is his kavod which is literally his heaviness or his weightiness mm. um and so part of part of the thing is as god's people live out his purposes um the heaviness of God's name is supposed to be known throughout the world. And when God's people make a mess of it, God's name is at risk of being taken too lightly by the nations. In turn, though, the the, the, na- the nations aren't supposed to take lightly God's people. Yeah. Does that it make sense? In- yeah, it is interesting. Mm. Uh, Kenneth Matthews on this, he sees the whole laughing thing as that, that it was possible that Ishmael was playing on Isaac's name to mock him. Ooh, I like that. I, I, I think the name, and this is the part of the thought I didn't finish, I think the name thing is so big because, again, we have to remember Genesis 1 through 11 is anticipating Genesis 12 through 50, and Genesis 12 through 50 is anticipating the rest of the Old Testament. Um, And in Genesis 1 and 2, God speaking things into being and the importance of naming things. Right. And Adam getting mm. to name things and Adam naming his wife, even naming her woman 
because she's taken from man. But then after sin, he gets to name her. Right after God pronounces a sentence of death, Adam names his wife Eve. And then the concept of name being so important in the Babel story, and then God telling Abram, I will make a name for you. So how significant would that be in this story if Ishmael is playing on Isaac's name, laughter to laugh at him? Mm. You know, I never thought about that. Yeah. Well, that's it why also, we, that's why we have verse number 12 too. Yeah, look at number 12 <laughs> too. Haven't thought about this, but God said to Abraham, be not displeased because of the boy, because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Ooh, okay. there it is. There's <laughs> How did I not? I read this right, but we all read this right beforehand, and I I knew yeah. I had I knew I had a point I wanted to make and didn't know I, I still overlooked it because they're not going to be called Abrahamites. They're not going to be called Isaacites. Uh, they're going to be called Israelites, which is going to be Jacob, the son mm. of Isaac. And this is, so, by the way, this is why you'll have it as the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Right. Because without Jacob, you don't have Israel. That's right. Mm. With, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Oh, I like that. That's good. Yeah. So, yeah, that is, that is also interesting is that... Uh, All I'm telling you, don't laugh at people's names. Don't laugh at people's yeah, names. <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting, though. It the next thing you know, it, you find yourself out in a desert. <laughs> yeah. And, one, one thing leads to another, then, <laughs> you know, you're out in the desert. It's, it's terrible. So... Just real quick, Exodus chapter 6, Exodus 6, verses 3, or 2 and 3. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. El Shaddai, we've already talked about that. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. So it's interesting just now looking at this passage here in Genesis 21, God had not revealed his covenant name to Israel, but Israel did not have a covenant name either. Yahtzee. So when I, I've just, I guess I'm just now making this connection to my brain. That's neat. Is that God had not revealed his covenant name, but he also had not named the people of Abraham yet. Mm. They were still nameless. Um. That's a that's a Genesis thirty two story. Yeah, that comes the, much for the, later for, for the year twenty twenty five. Yeah, that sounds about right. We're we're doing good. <laughs> I'm kidding. We hope to get to it next year. So, we're, we're doing ten chapters so, a year. So, so, you know. so, so someone did the math for me of where we would be by the time I was fifty, and I was like, "Ouch, we need to pick it up." <laughs> <laughs> so, if it sounds like we're being uh, too hard on uh, Ishmael and the Gentiles here. Tune in for next week's episode because there is something to say. There's more to the Some story. Really, good, really, really good stuff to say. But mm. but nonetheless, clearly, uh, God's election and his his choices have uh, real world real world consequences. Don't laugh at chosen babies. Um, mm. Don't laugh at babies in general. Can we don't laugh at babies? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's the eleventh commandment. But yeah, yeah. the. the but especially chosen ones. Yeah, but especially not Isaac. Yeah. 
That's right. Even if his name means laughter, don't take the paint. It, it turns out it, it turns out you shouldn't name your child laughter if they don't you want them to get laughed at. Yeah. It's kind of like um man, what's what's Elon Musk's son's name? It's like X13AE or something like that. Probably going to get laughed at a whole bunch as well. Yeah, I'm just mm-hmm. saying, you know his older siblings give him a hard time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and listener, we will talk more about this and the implications of all this and what happens to Hagar and Ishmael, but you will not know about it unless you receive a notification that the episode is out. And the only way you're going to do that is by joining the elect. The uh, the 47% of you who are not subscribed, why don't you make a good decision and join the elect of the subscribers of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. That's a plus mark on Apple Podcasts, a heart on Spotify, a check box on Google Podcasts, and whatever that looks like on your third-party platform of choice, which, reminder to you third-party platform listeners, there remains a mere two episodes to go. Uh, until you may be uh, inadvertently unsubscribed because we're going to change some backend stuff. So be on the lookout, be vigilant for that. And we will be back next week and we're going to talk about what happens to Hagar and Ishmael out in the wilderness. Until then, you guys have a great week. See you next time. Shalom. 23 seconds. 20 seconds. Just, just over 17 and a half.